Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you're listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. You know that a big topic of this podcast has always been the why concerning digital transformation. Sven Deniken and Bert Schulze, two prominent members of the SAP family, developed one of the most comprehensive approaches to this question with their the business opportunities of a digitally transformed economy concept, which, and that's the good news, you can learn by a free course starting this January on opensap.com. You don't want to miss that, so the link to this course is included in the notes of this podcast. On this episode, I called up Bert Schulze, who is Vice President, S4HANA Product Success, Co-Innovation and Adoption Programs, to talk about this approach, which contains unique views about today's transformed economy, the shift towards an economy of algorithms, all about essential characteristics that enterprises need to cope with the challenges of the 21st century as resilience, profitability and sustainability, and how all of this can be achieved by becoming an intelligent enterprise. Awesome insights to make you successful in 2021 on this episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Dear Bert, first Happy New Year. I hope you had a good start. Hey, Alex, same to you. Thanks for having me. I definitely had a good start. How about you? Um, well, from how 2021 has started, it appears that from what we have experienced until now, that we are a bit in something of a post-credit scene of 2020. But I'm optimistic that within the next weeks and months, things will change for a better. Together, we want to talk today about one of the early highlights that can happen for our listeners in 2021 because this is something that can change the course this year for you, your, your job and your business because it's, in my opinion, a very inspiring topic. We want to talk about a concept which contains the latest trends, industry examples, predictions, best practices, and everybody con can consume and benefit from it because it's available as an open SAP course. But at first, but where does this whole story start? I think already in 2014. Is this correct? Yes, that's correct. And um, thanks for reminding me, because if you look at the 2014, 2015, uh, nowadays it feels like it passed with a blinking of an eye. But I can remember when we did an open SAP course in 2015 around uh, the digital transformation. This was very early. Nobody talked about that topic in the industry. And we did some bold prediction towards 2020. And to be honest, at that point in time, 2020 looked very far away, much farer than it feels today as we are already in 2020. Now, for us, it was important to really um, spark a different thinking with the audience which which um, joined our course in 2015 because we saw that we are facing an area of an unprecedented pace of change. And nobody was really prepared for that. And I personally think, because at that point in time, I also joined our S4 HANA unit. Um, we had a lot of discussions with customers at that point in time about the why. And this why continues to be in very interesting discussion mm -hmm. because we all know that ECC was never a bad product. And it still has a very 
fundamental value for most of our customers. Nevertheless, we also felt that we come towards an end of an innovation life cycle with some elements, how we designed the product in the earlier days. And S4HANA was for us also the idea, how could we really, from a technology perspective, combine everything which we learned and also observed in the industry towards the future for us and of course for our customers. It's really interesting what you said because um, in preparation for this um, episode, I took a look at your predictions from 2014, 2015 and looking back from now and um, putting myself back in the position, what I did at that time and what the situation we've been, it was quite some strong stuff that you predicted back then. And uh, it, it, most of it, probably everything of it turned out to be true. What was the reaction to your predictions at that time from your audience? Did they say like, oh, this is quite science fiction what they are telling about? Or um, do, you, do you remember that, that you met some very open ears? Well, I would not say science fiction because this sounds too far out, but what we experienced is that a lot of customers, which we met also here in Waldorf, in our headquarters, in customer presentations, told us that they don't think that they're going to be hit significantly mm -hmm. from that digital transformation because they have physical products, they produce in a very dedicated way, they have USPs for their customers, so they think that this is something which is maybe a trend, but not really something which is long-term staying with us and might even bypass their dedicated environment. Um, and others, of course, were very interested, especially those who have seen an opportunity um, to change their business and maybe even gain more market shares. Because this was from the beginning, the biggest discussion which we had and also what we do see today. A lot of um, organizations do see the digital transformation as a um, dilemma. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe also going along with the innovator's dilemma, the question about how much market share do I have and am I in a position to rather protect my market share or do I see an opportunity to gain more market share by bringing new innovations into the market? And this is the challenge all of our customers are in today. But what you point at now is, is a topic that we, um, is, is something of a, long-running story we have here in the podcast because it's a completely strategic topic we're talking here about it's not about technology it's not about it but it's really about business and about strategy absolutely this is about strategy this is about where do i go with my organization with my company mm -hmm. it's about how much do i support a transformation of my business model rather than considering that i look at a specific it function or an erp system which is supporting my main business functionality across the organization the, if we consider as four as, um, as a system, as a support system for the business functionality, we do see that we even discussed two years later in 2016, 2017, a lot also um, in the entire industry about the transformation of IT. Um, this was the question about how much do I plan accordingly and how much do I also have a B-modal IT approach. This is how Gartner called it mm -hmm. at that point in time. So the question about two different speeds and what we've seen coming especially also from from the uh, from the US coming from the um, Silicon Valley region um, terms and um, and um, words around 
to just give an example, fail fast, fail forward. The question about how fast can I really iterate, um, run into an learning, run into an issue, stand up, and then go again into that circle. This was in complete contrast to how IT was organized before, because mm -hmm. we've seen a streamlined approach. We've seen a very sequenced set up and we always always had the discussion with uh, with it mm -hmm. that they want to plan a rollout properly which means they need to anticipate every single issue they might run into which creates a long-lasting project a long-lasting project plan but a plan became a contract so mm -hmm. once you have a plan your plan is a contract and this is in very deep contrast to and bimodal IT approach or the IT approach of a business innovator where you need to iterate in very short cycles and you don't plan everything ahead. You just go and run and see how far it takes you, take the learnings from that exercise and go into the next iteration cycle. And this is, as said, in full contrast. And this is, by the way, also one of the biggest challenges which we do see um, by the way, we also addressed it here in our Open SAP course, because when we talk about profitability, which is one of the elements, mm -hmm. um, we see that um, we, we have today efficiency as a term in the industry, mm -hmm. but we also have effectiveness. And a lot of people are not really understanding what is the difference between efficiency and effectiveness. For me, the example which you just made from the IT perspective is a perfect role model for that because the mm -hmm. classical setup of IT is efficiency gains. How can I become more efficient? How can I streamline my process to even run it faster than that? Or I can also phrase it in a different term, doing things right. Mm -hmm. And then we have efficiency, uh, effectiveness. And effectiveness, effectiveness is about doing the right thing. It's a classical LOB approach, a line of business approach. It's how do I grow my business? How do I do the next thing which brings my business to the next level? And if we talk about innovation, if we talk about adoption, we always talk about effectiveness, not efficiency. Interesting enough, if you look into organizations, and a lot of organizations would now say, well, of course, we look at effectiveness. This is, of course, for us also an important mantra. I would argue, look at the KPIs, how your organization is managed? Is it more efficiency or effectiveness topics? If you translate that into financial terms, into controlling terms, you would talk with efficiency more about the cost side of the house, while you would talk with effectiveness more about the top line or revenue side of the house. And this is, by the way, always the challenge for an IT organization. If you're measured by efficiency, all your invest or all your spendings are costs. Yeah. If you look at the effectiveness side of the house, all your spendings are investments, investments into the future of the company. And if we now talk about a digital transformation, we absolutely talk about effectiveness. We talk about top line, we talk about growth of the company rather than the efficiency gains or the cost side of the house. I'm I'm highly headbanging to what you said now because that's from from my field perspective what we see every day almost because in many cases when the question that this course and your concept is covering the why question is not we're not talking about answered it's not even asked and we have many adopters who say like I do not want to take the time to really ask the question of why maybe because I don't want to hear the answer but they 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 give that topic to IT, say, 
do something of a conversion or whatever, treat that topic as an IT topic. IT does like what you said, what they are supposed to do. They treat the topic with efficiency. So they do something of a, in the worst case, lean conversion where the customer then in the end has probably the same that he had before, but he is now on a different um, technological stack, which um, from a business perspective brings him no value at all. Yeah, and then in the end he says like, okay, I'm now digitalized question mark, but but where's the beef for me? I do not see any difference. I do not see any benefits. Yeah, and the reason why that is why this topic was treated um, in an absolutely suboptimal way, and you beautifully lined out the reasons behind of that. It's the really the difference between efficiency and effectiveness in the way those let's say line of businesses are measured. Absolutely. And I mean, if I discuss that with my, with customers, I mean, I make typically very bold examples because an example makes it tangible for people instead of having like a theoretical discussion. So what have we seen with the digital transformation? We see customers moving from mass production to mass customization. We see customers moving from products to services. So the subscription economy, no ownership anymore. We see companies from buying items to using items. We see from reactive processes and systems to thinking processes and systems. And we see also move from needs to experience. Now, this has a severe consequence on the transactional concept of ERP systems. I make you a very simple example based on this um, topics I just mentioned. If you look at a traditional business process, you have a single invoice with a million euro on it. In a subscription economy, this transforms into one million invoices with one euro each. But you still need to keep your enterprise compliant and mm -hmm. all data integer to properly forecast delivery dates, cash flow. And um, if, you, if you serve that segment of one, you need to still consider that you have a Dunning run, you have accounts receivable, accounts payable, you have a GR, IR reconciliation, and all of that needs to run. And I can definitely tell you one thing for sure. If you now touch a one euro invoice during the entire life cycle in the company only once with a manual approach, you're already burning companies' money. And this is the big challenge. So automation is the key to really overcome that challenge. And this also gives you a very good example that we're not talking about the same processes as 40 years ago. Yes, of course, we still talk about GRIR. We still talk about Dunning runs, but we don't talk about the same level of scale. And in logistics, the same applies. If you have a logistic lot, um, in the past, you had like a significant concentration and the average value as well as the size of a lot is constantly going down or the number of lots is simply exploding. And you have again here also in, in material management and in production, you have the same challenge. You need your MRP runs, but you need to run that on a different scale. So if you do it manually, if you wait for the work to come, you will not succeed going forward. And if I consider one thing as a key learning from the digital transformation, it's the question about um, how to keep the promise. Because one thing is to, um, to do a promise at the storefront saying, hey, your 
an important customer to me and I serve you and I and, and, and I manage you exceptionally well. The question is how to keep the promise and make all touch points great along the journey of the customer. And this is what most customers are simply not able to also deal based on the old technology with their customers. Um, again, what you said, absolutely in point because I, I talk with my wife lately about this. Um, we are all forced into home office now. So our perspective, when we look out of our windows, we're not in our offices anymore, but in our home office are that we basically see what's going on in our private um, surroundings. So when I compare, for example, when I see my mailman or there are several companies, of course, like DPD is coming, uh, UPS and so yeah. on. How often they came like one year ago and what they brought and what they carried with them and brought into the neighborhood here in the houses. And what they do now is, let's say, 100% difference. Yeah, they, they used like to stop once to have a big parcel with them. Now every house is like getting... Dozens of parcels. Yeah, exactly what you said. Now, you have now already this economy of one materializing before our eyes, and this is more or less the 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 essence of the 21st century. What we what what we see here before our eyes. COVID 19 was a wrecking ball, which completely destroyed our what you said in the beginning. Um, I'm not affected by all this kinds of digitalization stuff. And we cannot win the wars of the 21st century with the weapons of the 20th century. So we really have to up our game on, um, on ERP side um, towards this way. And you really made some, some, some very interesting, very good points. But like you said, what we also have to really take care of, it's not just about doing it. It's about doing it the right way. And starting doing it the right way is really with that cost discussion that we are doing at the moment. Why shall we do this? Um, when, when you are talking about customer centricity, um, you, you, when we were talking about this before Christmas, you brought a very interesting point. You say um, there are so many things which have influence on companies um, that we have problems to measure, like, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, but definitely have to take care into account. What are, let's say, the input factors that companies really have to work with in the future? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I, I personally think, and this is why we developed also for that particular course, a nice, let's say, logo of how we look at the digital transformation these days, which is made mainly around three main layers or categories um, on companies, which is resilience, profitability, and sustainability. And now you can, you can argue that, of course, uh, Black Lives Matters, as you just mentioned, is one of the elements which is hitting towards multiple elements. So we try to structure that. And as we do look at that ball of a company, um, you know, which have like kind of an outer skin, um, I, I would argue, and you can, you can think of that with the logo, um, like any kind of ball, like a golf ball or a soccer mm -hmm. ball. And you have like this protection layer on the outer side, right? Which keeps mm -hmm. the air inside and which is this protection layer. And this protection layer is similar to the resilience of a company. It is made of a couple of elements, mm -hmm. but it is like your own skin. It is toughened if you train a lot and also it leaves scars um, at a certain point in time. And for me, this is like the toughened skin of a cook. 
So you can you can hold it or the, the the cook can hold items which are too hot for the average. Mm -hmm. But it needs to train. Uh, it, you need to train it like a muscle. If mm -hmm. you don't train it, you 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 will not be able to hold these hot items. The same as if you go into the fitness studio. If you just see other people training, you will not get stronger. So it's not okay. about listening to too many examples. It's mm -hmm. about training yourself. It's about mm -hmm. cooking yourself, toughening your own skin. And th so this kind of adoption, this is what I want to say, this kind of adoption needs frequent training to really get there. And if you look at the at the drivers of change, which we do see, especially around the resilience for companies going forward and what is what is um, influencing the resilience is the customer centricity itself. So because customers always need to be at the center of all business activities because they mm -hmm. mainly create the, the, the income stream uh, on which mm -hmm. the company depends. But it's also external factors. You mentioned COVID-19, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. There are many more elements which we look at also in that course. Trade war, for example, which you currently mm -hmm. see the trade war between America and China it is also hitting entire economies yeah. with banned products for example but also new climate regulations which are which are triggering change or consider especially here in Europe the Brexit the mm -hmm. Brexit is an external factor which you can't deny you just have to live with it with it and you have to adopt uh, your business towards that um, that Brexit which could create threats or opportunities, depending on how you look at it and how much your muscle is trained to really start thinking with your organization on the effectiveness layer and yeah. see what can I do with that. The third element is collaboration and networks. So how much can I rely on my network? How good am I a member of that network or dominating a network and maybe being pushed out now as the uh, the, the balance of power is changing across the timeline. Then it's innovation and adaptability, which is this well-known Darwinism and survival mm -hmm. of the fittest. Uh, and it's technology. And I mean, with a healthy self-reflection, I'd say that we at SAP have a very biased mindset about technology, <laughs> yeah. um, such as you know, rapid process automation, cloud computing, or artificial intelligence. Um, <clears throat> but what we're also going to do in that course is to really highlight various other examples that illustrate what businesses can do and how they could embrace to master that that new technologies. And we also um, put put a lot of examples into it. Uh, so if I if I for example look at um, at one of the elements which you bring up, and um, it's it's an example of a company and. I started that conversation a couple of weeks back with some customers because I asked them, what would you say from the last 10 years is the company with the highest um, growth in market capitalization? And of course, everybody thinks about uh, the well-known companies like Amazon and so on. But mm -hmm. interestingly enough, one of the highest ranked companies is Domino Pizza. Yeah, I've yeah you're right. That's true. And 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 they have mm -hmm. and they have an, an amazing story behind it because what you do see is that I mean consider where they started from. They are a company that is best at producing pizza, mm -hmm. baking pizza. So how big is the mind shift if you create a vision mm -hmm. as a company like Domino Pizza building an ubiquity and omnipresent e-commerce platform that happened to sell pizza? Mm -hmm. This is a massive mind shift. But what they did is they, they did it 
tremendously well. So they adopted mobile first, they created mobile native and iOS clients, and they were completely user-friendly and super highly responsive. And then for them, mobile ordering became then the number one revenue stream. So they focused furthermore on that topic and they created an entire platform, um, including artificial intelligence, for example, where they could, with their infused pizza identifier app, um, they have an intelligent bot in the meantime, which takes orders, which gives them the opportunity to cut down the overall cost per order by 75%. And these kind of elements are really making them successful. So it's really taking an opportunity um, and looking at effectiveness. It's not about how can I bake my pizza 10% cheaper or how can I reduce the, 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 um, the, the costs for my ingredients, so for my raw materials. It's really about what is the next big thing for me as a company and what we can do, we can learn a lot from these kind of examples. But of course, at the end of the day, it's a question about training our muscles ourselves and not just watching others training their muscles. And this really beautifully fits what you said before because a pizza is, is not something of a very high-priced, high-value product. Yeah, This is coordinately 100% to what you said concerning the, let's say, low-cost segments of one orders. If you want to grow in that way, yeah, you you really have to work into automatization, to customer centricity and so on. And um, I, I've seen a video about what you said, and it's really impressive how something that from from let's say our past we still think okay you call somebody there and he takes your order and writes it on a block somewhere on a paper and then this is baking and so on it's far from being that still it's completely different it has completely outgrown these kinds of let's say very rudimental way of doing it and this this is more or less a perfect example of how we all have to start thinking and you you cannot tell anymore that uh digitalization this kinds of of disruption something um not all companies not all enterprises are affected because we as sap yeah we are heavily disrupted in the last let's say three years with the rise of the cloud and so on um things are heavily changing and um the clue and the golden thing is not just becoming resilient because becoming resilient costs money but becoming that in a profitable way and that's like you outlined it's just possible by being that kind of profitable enterprise that you that you've just said yeah absolutely and i think growing the muscle is a muscle is not a walk in the park it requires to really approach situations in a new innovative way conceptualizing challenges differently and understanding the position in relation to any particular situation in a way you've never been before um i was pretty provocative um last year the year before i think i i wrote a blog uh, where i said my advice is pretty clear get a hack on your team or ask a child mm -hmm. for advice, mm -hmm. because they both think with the ignorance of convention and boundaries, which are really mind blowing. So hackers look at things in an amazing way. When normal people observe things of what they are, they already explore what else can I do with it. So you really need an interdisciplinary team focusing on this agility and rethinking the company's differentiating factors based on changed um, conditions. Of course, this is very provocative from a hacker perspective, but I exactly know what you're talking about. If 
now an IT organization looks at a transition from a former ERP system called ECC to an ERP system called S4HANA, there are only few customers really taking that as an opportunity to go into exactly that point we just talked about and pre-think where do I want to be in five years? My investment into an S4 system, my investment in general into an ERP system is an investment for on average, market average, seven to nine years. So I need to anticipate as an organization, how would I design my system for the next seven to nine years to come? And this is a great opportunity. And unfortunately, also, if if you're just taking it as a technical conversion, uh, continues to be that you get exactly the same as before. When when we're looking at that content of, of this concept and the course, I, let's say a word came comes back into it um, that we use at SAP already since I think as long as, as we, we are talking about digitalization. Um, it's intelligent enterprise. Is this still, let's say, the shining city on the hill that we all aspire to be? From a technical perspective, if you want to realize the business opportunities of a digital transformed economy, absolutely yes. I think it is important to understand that intelligent, as an example of, uh, of what you just made, is not just another external factor. To me, and this is also how we designed the course and what you will clearly get as an as a key message is if you once understood the why and go into the how and what you will see that intelligence is the answer is not another pain point and not another topic which you have to run after so what we've done in the course that we structured it starting from the description of the transformed economy today um, then we have a very interesting aspect from Marek. Um, so um, Marek and I also jointly worked on a, on a book a couple of years back that I know him from, and he's a professor from Brisbane. And he is going to talk about the, um, the shift towards an economy of algorithms. It's super interesting. Definitely, I would strongly recommend to, uh, to listen to him because it's, it's all about bots, it's about automating, it's about how much can I express things which I typically do today in an in an automated approach. Then we will touch the the different aspects of resilience with customer centricity, external factors, uh, innovation and uh, adoption and technology. And then we will talk about the profitability piece around efficiency, effectiveness, but also agility and experience, which are the two other ingredients which in our eyes create the, the, the profitability of a company. And then we're also talking about sustainability um, along the green line and also along the transition towards the circular economy, which is for us super important. You've recently also seen a launch of our Climate 21, which is yep. very well connected to S4HANA from a technology perspective, but also from an um, transformation perspective, it is an important element which we wanted to bring into that aspect. And this finally wraps up in two units talking about the intelligent enterprise and talking also about how companies have 
achieved resilience, profitability, and sustainability with the intelligent enterprise. And here we will not only talk from SAP, as I also did in unit two, where we also had some external speakers. We're also going to have here Jan Waltz, who's the practice lead from Deloitte, um, also helping us with very concrete customer examples and talking about these topics from a partner, so from an outside-in perspective, how it could be realized for the benefit and outcome of a, of a customer. Great. Um, to, to wrap things up, um, let, let's put together what people can um, expect from the course and, and how the characteristics are. Con um, you please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's starting or it's available starting from January 26th. Yes, absolutely correct. It's starting from January 26. Mm -hmm. It's an it's a nutshell course. So um, we've designed it in a way that you can easily consume the 10 units which we've created in 10 days in a row during lunchtime, mm -hmm. or if you prefer during during the evening. So it's almost around an hour which you need to spend. Maybe you want to just listen to one or other unit twice. So mm. one hour is typically sufficient to really consume the slides and also the, uh, the videos which are going along with it. And this gives you a good starting point for that entire setup. At the end, um, you, have a, uh, you have a little test And if you pass that test, you also get a set and like a batch and a digital batch, which you can also use, for example, with your LinkedIn profile to show that you were running that, that course. And this gives you a good starting point for the entire discussion and hopefully a lot of ideas mm -hmm. where to start with, um, with your thinking and training your muzzle. The course, as far as I've learned, is open for four weeks. So this is nothing you should, let's say, postpone for too long because I think. Uh, yeah, if I mean after it, this. Yes, it it is designed for the first mm -hmm. four weeks when you can also get the certificate of achievement. Mm -hmm. You will most likely also be able to run it afterwards, but then we don't have it open with the certificate anymore. Mm -hmm. So then you should okay. definitely um, um, run it during the first four weeks and it's definitely free of charge which is also good. I mean, for us, it's an MOOC, a massive open online course. It is something where we want to spread the word, so nothing which we want to sell here. It's more to really leverage that again, to spark the idea of a different thinking and really get people on the journey of the why in a digital transformed economy. Great. And what, what I really want to underline, and which is what's very important for me, because, um, and, and this is my true opinion, quite not very often you get this hugely important topic being um, presented so holistic so this is not just something or this course is not just interesting interesting for customers but uh, in my opinion it's also a must if you are working in the whole ecosystem if you are a partner if you are a member of sap yourself even then you should really um take a look at this course because it really helps you to shift the communication with your customer on those really correct and important topics which we said in the beginning because when you have something like a cost centered discussion in your discussion with the customer when how he should let's say enter that topic of digitalization you probably will turn out with a solution for the customer that will not bring the horsepower of digitalization to the street so really 
take the time. It's not much. Um, I planned myself to take this course, of course. Um, I will spend my four or five hours for this. Um, this is really well spent. And um, anybody should take a look on the um, website, um, opensap.com. There the course is available. And uh, we will also have it in the notes. Um, do not waste this kind of channel for other things. This one is basically your perfect start for it. Yeah, um, th thanks, Alex, definitely. I mean, um, we had with the first course in 2015, over the time we had like a five digit number of enrollments. And of, of course we try to, to uh, get to the same level of engagement with people. Um, the feedback was overwhelming positive last time. So we hope that we also have put the right content together, which is meaningful. Uh, we address, as you rightfully said, partners, we address customers, we address everybody who is interested in digital transformation in general, who, who, who listens into these kind of topics, SAP employees, as well as any kind of external person in that direction. Absolutely. Everybody's welcome here. Perfect. Is there something that I have forgotten to ask you? That's the last question. No, I think I anyway can't um, give you all of the details of the course yet because we want to see the people also joining the course. So from that perspective, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. This was really awesome. Um, I really appreciated the conversation. Um, th thanks for having me again. Absolutely. And since everybody now knows where to get to the course, um, how can people get in contact with you personally? How can they follow you? Well, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Bert Schulze um, is is easy to find. You can also follow me or you can also give me feedback on per email on bert.schulze at sap.com. Um, all of these channels are open. Thank you very much. Bert, has been a pleasure to have you. I wish you a wonderful January and I'm really looking forward to the course. Same to you. Thanks, Alex. Thank Take you care. very much. Bye. Bye-bye.